This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley. And generally, I have my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley, on, but we've been doing public access television, and Heidi flew out here to California to do a show with us, so uh, she was heading back to uh, New York today. So anyway, but I've got another New Yorker on the phone for you, or a New York metropolitan area that you'll you'll be happy to... Here, so you'll hear from that New York contingent. Well, I met Carol Shabelli at uh, Soaring Spirits Foundation, Michelle Neff Hernandez's organization for uh, bereaved uh, widows and widowers. And Michelle has a great uh, camp every year, Camp Widow. It's lots of uh, fun. I hate to say fun. Carol and I have to talk about this on the show, but it is a lot of fun. I don't know. There's something about getting a group of people together who've had a loss and are adults. It's a little harder. Sometimes I do the, the child loss things and compassionate friends. That's a, a little tougher, but I will tell you the widows and widowers know how to party. They're a lot of fun. Anyway, Carol's a comedy writer. She has been and a stand-up comedian for uh, many years. We'll talk to her about that. And now she's a popular speaker. Uh, She's become a widower, and she's written a wonderful book. It's called Poor Widow Me, and it is moments of feeling and dealing and finding the funny along the way. And there's some funny, wonderful little comments in this book, and I think you get it on Amazon. We can ask Carol. She might have a we- website, too. But it's a, it's a fun book, and I like it because it's an easy read, and she's just got, you know, kind of little comments in here like I'm still here and trust and naming the baby after Jimmy and why am I mad at him and uh, dead man talking I left that too old to die we'll talk to us about just the the little blurbs at the top are great and it, it's a fun read and I really enjoyed it even though I myself am not a widow I found it very wonderful and amusing and I would suggest that you get it for friends who have had a loss but also take a look and read it yourself it's fun well Carol thanks for being on the show today it's my pleasure. It's great. I love the way you actually said everything. I have nothing left to say. <laughs> <laughs> I've, said, I've said it all for you. Well, you, there's you've some... said it all. <laughs> right. Now now your husband, James, he died of leukemia, right? And very quickly. He died of a, um, I can't say, this is interesting, uh, Gloria, because he died of Burkett's lymphoma. And I'm from, if you're listening to know where Queens, New York is, you get a Queensy kind of accent. So when I tell a group... My husband died of lymphoma. <laughs> I sound a little bit, um, I don't know, kind of low class. So I always say to the group, I say, well, ask me what my husband died of. And they go, what did your husband die of? And I say he had a heart attack because I can say that. <laughs> now so you I, don't might... like to dwell, I don't like to dwell on, uh, on what, what, he, what he died of because it's just embarrassing to, to pronounce. You know. Anyway, it's been six and a half years, and I'm. I got to tell you, every year for anyone who's listening that have had a recent loss, every year is so 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 different. Uh It's for me and for all the widows I've spoken to, as you mentioned, Camp Widow. uh, We've both talked to many many people who have had this kind of loss, and what Michelle has done with Camp Widow, as you know, she puts little name and along with the name tag, she has how long has it been. 
So uh-huh. you know who you're talking to. If you're talking to someone who is like zero to six months, sounds like a, <laughs> sounds like a onesie size. But one, <laughs> two, three. If you're talking to someone who's it's been four, five, six years, it's a very different conversation, of course, than if someone who it's just been a year. They're still in that foggy, awful. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do today. Kind of kind of feeling, right? Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, um, Ian, our engineer here, is kind of my co-host today. Hi, Ian. Hi, Gloria. And if you hear somebody laugh in the background back there when Carol's making some jokes or, or you know, saying the truth that is always, the truth always seems to be amusing, you might hear Ian back there laughing too. You know, one of the things, Carol, I think, which is interesting, is the first year is tough, but that second year can be hell. And I like to tell people this. The reason it is is because you're getting better. You're thawing out. You can start dealing with this is the way my life's going to be. I don't like it. Mm. It's not what I want. But the reason it's hard is because you're getting better. And people call me up and tell me they think they're going crazy that second year. And I say, hey, you're getting better. And you're just taking it all in. You know, I had the same experience. Um, I didn't know you then, but I would have loved for you to tell me I was getting better because from my, my husband died within, oh God, five, six weeks. So for the first year, not only was I in a fog, but I kept thinking, what were we doing last year at this time? What were we doing last year at this time? Because it wasn't years. A lot of people, you know, their husbands are sick and wives are sick for years. So then when the first anniversary came along, it was, uh-oh, this is my real life, because last year he was gone at this time. Right. Last year he was gone, and I realized, well, I have to do something and get my life together as a single person. Single is a hard word for me, too, because we were high school sweethearts. I was never single. Um, I, it just, that was a harder word than widow to me, because mm. people would say to me all the time, oh, you're single, you could do that, and I'd go, ah, I am? Oh my God, now I love it, of course. Now it's like, hey, I'm single, I can do what I want. It's, it's amazing. Those, those are the stages that the doctors don't talk about, right? <laughs> right. Yippee. Now I can rock and roll. As I said, those, exactly. those widow yeah. widowers group can be pretty fun. Tends to be heavy on the widow side, and I'm like, wow, some of these widowers around ought to figure out that camp uh, widow is the place to rock. Uh, yeah, you know, we should really ask the death certificates to, <laughs> to make sure that they're qualified and they really have a dead wife somewhere <laughs> and not, not just going to check out all the women, right? Right, right. Cause yeah, you never know. There mm-hmm. are some cute gals there. Well, Tommy, what did you do with uh, James's stuff? And when did you decide mm-hmm. to do it? And what did you do with his shoes and socks and ties? Ah, that's interesting. Well, for, well the first thing, well, I got rid of the toiletries right away. I felt they were unhealthy. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing out of the way. But as far as the closet, um, I have a nice walk-in closet and I spent a lot of time talking to him in the closet, <laughs> talking to his stuff. <laughs> um, and I always say it's not that I'm not sentimental. It's not that I'm so sentimental, but I really didn't. I had enough closet space. I didn't really have to get rid of it. But what I did do, which is a wonderful thing for people to know, um, I had a person do what they call a memory quilt. Ah. And, and with the memory quilt is you take the clothes that, um, you want to keep that are, you know, a certain shirt, certain tie, even pants, uh, the pocket of it, um, and, and they make maybe like five inch square, uh, little, little, little doodads that are sewn together to make a quilt. And then you always have those clothes. And it's kind of funny because, uh, I have two children, two girls, a, a son and a daughter, and I made two quilts. 
so that they always had their father's stuff. And that way you throw out the other stuff, but you still have it. One my, my daughter keeps on her couch, and one my, my son keeps on his bed. And I almost made one for myself, almost. And then I thought, ah, it's a little morbid. And then I thought, well, what is really morbid? So I thought, hmm, you know what it is, really? I Even before I dated, I didn't date for maybe two and a half years, I always knew I would. And I thought, wow, what if I have a new guy sitting on the couch next to my husband's entire wardrobe. <laughs> like, how would that play out? And then what if, what if by fate, new guy has the same shirt on as one of those little squares? <laughs> I mean, really, it would be a little dis- dis- distracting, if anything, right? Hell yeah. But I did, but a memory quilt is a wonderful way to, to, to get rid of the clothes and yet keep them at the same time. Now, one of the things, really? when I was talking to you at Camp Widow, you were talking about the fact that you got to worry about where you put the pictures in the house if you're going to Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I had a uh, you know at, at some at one point I did have a relationship. My very first, by the way. Not that everyone needs to know that, but um, <laughs> I was. A high, I mean, I'm not a slut. So I was. I was 17. My husband and I started dating. We're married for 33 years. And so the first guy that I was actually intimate with, we go up the stairs and smack right there is a picture of my husband and me, a big eight by ten. And at some point. I had to take it down, you know. Right. So just not, uh, you know, it's not really fair to to someone else. And and I think today I would be different now. Like I said, it's six and a half years, but at that point it was like three years. I had I had my foot in both worlds. Right. Which and is an you gotta feel thing. guilty when you see the picture up there and you're going up the stairs with the guy. Uh, I didn't really feel guilty. I had a funny experience with the, with uh, with about to about to go up the stairs. We were in the family room. I have a fireplace, and he was about to light a fire. Okay, uh-huh. nice and romantic. This was new guy. This was this was going to be the night. This tonight's the night, as they say, right? Right. And my daughter called, and of course, you always pick up your phone well, for your daughter, so for your kids. So I picked it up, and she had gone to see a psychic that day, and she said to me, "Oh, and I want to hear, but I was a little dist- <laughs> distracted, and I didn't want her to know what I was distracted with." Um, your mom's about to have sex for the first time with another man. I didn't think that was appropriate, even though she's grown. So she said, she said I just got to tell you what the psychic said. I said, okay, real fast. She said, daddy's in the fireplace. Ah. And he's and new guy is about to light a fire. And I said, oh, my God. And so <laughs> <laughs> I decided, I, so I'm talking to the fireplace. Okay. I said to Jimmy, my, my husband, I said, okay, I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to enjoy it. <laughs> and then we just went upstairs. Then afterwards, while he's snoring, I went downstairs and I said to the fireplace, all right, I enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, it was such an easy transition. I'm embarrassed to tell you that. You didn't even ask me that. Why am I telling you this? Let's forget it. Because there's somebody out there who wants to know and they are wondering what the heck, you know, they're going to do about this going on. Oh, okay. Was it? Okay, someone out there wondering. It really, for some reason, it was, I got a little teary, but at the but I was ready. When you're ready, you're ready. And um, he actually said to me, I said, you know, this is my first time with someone else. And he said, I know. <laughs> and I said, I said, what does that mean? He said, well, you know, I know you got married uh, very young, and, and I know you, I assumed you didn't cheat and you haven't dated very much. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what about, what if your kids don't want you to date? I'm out there and the kids don't want me to date. You know, it's funny that you say that because I've told people that my kids were exactly like that. My son was 25 and my daughter was 29 when, when their father died. And 
you'd think that they would be supportive and they felt very strange about it. What I did do, which is an interesting, maybe a good idea for other people, I, when I, when I did meet the person that I had a year long relationship with, after a few months, I think it was June, I had a barbecue. And I invited all my husband's good friends, even my mother-in-law. Wow. So that they could see from a distance that they wouldn't have to be one-on-one with this man that, let's say, my husband had his best friend had his arm around this guy and that they were accepting in in my own house. So it was where my fa- they grew up. So it had all those elements of familiarness and acceptance and this is what we do. This is the way that life goes on and... It, it doesn't take, and it's other people who are mature adults are accepting. You know, my mother-in-law was wonderful. She was really, I mean, this is her son, so you would think that she would have a hard time. But, of course, she, anyone gives her attention. We always used to say, if Jack gave my mother-in-law fanny attention, she'd say, ah, oh, he's not such a bad guy. <laughs> and and my boyfriend at the time was um, was very felicitous of her and very kind, and so she appreciated that. But that's that's what I did, and I, little by little, they they grew to to see that that uh, life does go on. It's a good lesson for them, really. All right. You know? How did they feel when you broke up with him? Probably relieved. <laughs> 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 All that went out the window. Oh, mom's happy. She's but she's much happier alone, I think. <laughs> so uh, yeah, they they weren't that attached. Okay. Uh, I I think I think I, again, time is everything, as you know. Timing. If it if I I haven't had been with anyone for a couple of years now, I and mean, if right now I was, I think. Um, Okay, I'm, I'm going to ask you a really strange question, but I know the women yeah. want it out there. How do you make sure the guy's got a condom, and should you do it, and you know that kind of thing? I mean, how do you tell them? Oh, that's interesting. A condom. Well, oh, are we supposed to use a condom? <laughs> did, I, did I take a? Oh, how irresponsible of me. Uh, you know, you're right. Um, I did ask him when the last time he had. He said, "Ask me anything." I said, "Fine." Um, I said, "When was the last time you, you had a? Um, you know, you made love." And, uh, it was a few months before. Uh, I don't, you know what? I don't remember what we did, uh, as far as that. We didn't use a condom. I have to say we didn't. Uh oh. Um, but I was pretty sure that, is, did I say the wrong thing? Uh, no, wrong no. Thing? I'm saying, you know, you, you're with every person he's ever been with. I mean, the women out there better, better know that. And the guys, you're too. Right. Mm-hmm. You're right. I made a mistake. I, I took a shot and a, a chance, and I shouldn't have. Absolutely. Right. Right. Shame, shame, shame. I'm sure a lot of them mm-hmm. taking a shot out there, but, you know, we do need to think about that. And, and there's some irresponsible people that can prey on widows and widowers. So, you, you know, you got to be careful. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry, Mom. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, I'm going to ask you one last question. How did you decide to take the ring off, or when did you decide to do it? Oh, Was the ring, hard? the ring, oh, is a big, yes, very hard. Uh, you have to come to, I had to come to the, well, I'll tell you exactly what happened if we have a few minutes. I know I've been rambling. Um, I was with my friend and her six-year-old daughter, and she sees I have a ring on, and she knew my husband, and she said, is that a wedding ring? And I said, yes, it is. And she said, why are you wearing it? You're not married anymore. Little six-year-old. And it just came at the right time. It was just about it maybe 14, 15 months later. And I, um, I never took it off. I never took it off. And I, and I knew when I did take it off, I wasn't going to put it on again. And I just went home. I had a glass of wine and I talked to my husband for a little bit. And I realized that, um, 
it was time. You just feel these these are right or they're wrong. And I was thinking I should maybe start dating, which I hadn't. I wanted to, I wanted to kind of show myself in the world that I was no longer married. And she was right, out of the mouths of babes, sort of. Uh, some people I've done sur- not surveys, official surveys, but a lot of women feel they're still married, so they keep their ring on. A lot of women don't want to feel that a man is going to come up to them and, um, you know, and assume they're single, so they keep the ring on. I'm very conscious of men who wear rings. If I knew how many men, how often women look at men's hands to see if they're wearing a wedding ring, I would have insisted my husband wear one, I'll tell you. Uh, and you got to check their hand, too, to see if they've got a tan mark, on, you know, a white mark there and tan around it, right? Yes, right. <laughs> yes, exactly. You become very That's observant. True. All right, well, listen, Carol, it's been great to have you on the show, and let's give a little pitch for Michelle and Soaring Spirits in Camp Widow. Are you going to be there again? I think she's doing it again this June instead of August at, in uh, San Diego and then I think in Myrtle Beach in April. And uh, it's a wonderful organization. She's brought hundreds and hundreds of people together that uh, I think has made a tremendous difference because when you talk to other people that have the same experience or similar experience, of course, no experience is the same, it really makes you feel like, okay, I'm not alone. Most people don't have friends who are widows, so you become friends with widows and and you share a lot of a lot of uh, intimate feelings, and that's that. And it's fun, and you can visit um, Soaring Spirits on the internet, and they've got um, uh, you can connect up with them. I can't remember what she calls it, where you write different things, you know, blogging. She calls it something I can't remember. But anyway, uh, tell people how to get your book. Oh, thank you. You can get my book, Poor on Me on uh, Amazon, or you can go to my website, which is www.poorwidowme.org or carolshabelli.com. All right. And uh, thank Oh, I'm writing it as a play now. Uh, it's going to be an off-Broadway play. Are you? Yes, yes. Oh, fabulous. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. So that's something. All right, I know you're Carol. a real theater goer, you and your husband. Oh, um, big, big time mm-hmm. theater goers. In fact, uh, Book of Mormon is here now, and I know you've had a little investment oh. in that. And it's, in, uh, it's in San Francisco. Smart girl. Oh. You can tell us how smart Carol well, is. Even a, even a blind squirrel gets a nut every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Carol, thanks for being on the show, and I'll look forward to seeing you Thank soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. Ian, tell Carol goodbye. Bye, Carol. Bye. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio. Hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.